Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. Our mission is to empower you with the knowledge and the tools you need to thrive in all aspects of your life. Join us now as we discuss everything from nutrition and exercise to money management and personal growth. Dr. Choctaw will provide insightful advice on how to improve your physical and financial health, as well as your emotional and mental well-being. Whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, unlock financial freedom, or cultivate a more positive mindset, we've got you covered. Get ready to become the best version of yourself. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. Well, thank you, Dr. Choctaw, and also thank you, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Um, Basically, my story is this. I would say... In 2021, um, just a regular checkup visit with my doctor, and he said, you know, your PSA is elevated. And so, uh, because normal, the normal score is Mm 4.0, and mine had elevated to 4.6. And so he suggested that we take another look at it, say, in about three or four months, and then go from there. So I didn't think anything of it because I eat healthy. I exercise on a regular basis. I take good care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so um ended up going back, taking another blood test. And it, um, it still was at the same number. And so he was kind of getting a little concerned because for me at that time, only being 58 years old, he thought, man, you know, that's kind of young to, to have – you know, a PSA with that score. So um, he suggested I go to the City of Hope and just have them take a look at it. And so um, I decided to do that. And I'll never forget December of 2021, had an opportunity to go there. And um, when they first did the initial blood test, obviously they saw the score. But then after that, um, when they did when they checked the area around the prostate, everything felt normal. It wasn't enlarged. I wasn't having any symptoms or anything like that. So they decided to do a biopsy. And in a biopsy, they found five different little specks that showed that I had the beginning of prostate cancer in five different areas, in particular on the right side of my prostate. And so from there, I became a patient. And they began to monitor me from December of 2021 to when I actually had the removal on April 5th, 2023. But the interesting thing, guys, I didn't do anything different. I kept my same diet. I kept exercising, taking care of myself, getting plenty of rest. But my prostate started to elevate. And it went from 4.6 to 6.6 in a year's period of time. And then from 6.6... Uh, in 2022 to 2023, it went all the way up to 10.367. And that was the final diagnosis for me on February 28, 2023. I couldn't believe that it elevated that high. And it wasn't just the right side of my prostate at the time. It um, has shifted over to the left side. And that's where the real concern was because um they just felt that at that point, uh, it's, some, it's time to do something about it because um, they just didn't want it to metastasize in my body at all. And so um, 
I went and with my urologist, I got a chance to talk to him and, and spend time with him. And he said, you know, you have options. You're still relatively young. I wasn't even 60 yet. He said, you're relatively young. Uh, we can do radiation. I said, no, I don't want that in my body. Or we can just do the removal. I'll let you know when we can do that. And so that's when they decided to go ahead and do the removal process. And what I wasn't thinking about, guy, I did a lot of reading and research on it. I wasn't thinking what the after effects of that removal would be. I said, oh, it's no big deal. You know, it's just a small walnut inside of me that they take out and I'll be back to normal again. Well, that wasn't the case. I mean, actually, the actual removal on April 5th, uh, I had to have a catheter in me for seven days. And then after that, I also um, have been going to a, a physical therapy for two for twice a week, still at the City of Hope. So uh, I'm back exercising, but it hasn't been the same. I'm still getting in con- obviously incontinence. I'm working on that and just being able to get back to my normal life. But things have taken a change. But the interesting part, I couldn't find anyone in my family who actually had it. Uh, to tell you a little short story about my family, you and I have something in common, Dr. Choctaw. My family, my dad's originally from Tennessee. Oh, okay. And I have a ton of relatives down there I've never met before in the city of Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And so Tim Robinson got me in contact with one of my cousins, and he's the only one. He's 10 years older than me. The only one that I know of that had prostate issues. And we're more of a distant cousin than we are uh a close, you know, related cousin. So, but my other relatives, none of them have any prostate issues. None of them had any, uh, everything, everything is fine with them. And they're mostly in their seventies. I'm the only one and I'm 60 now that actually has had prostate removal. So, so that's basically my story in, in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> so if, if, what, what message would you want to give to other um, uh, individuals, men. particularly men, um, about I, your experience. What, what lessons did you learn? You think? Even though I was healthy, I mean, I had, when I say healthy, don't have high blood pressure, diabetes, heart problems, anything. Eat a relatively healthy meal, uh, watch everything I eat, make sure I get enough rest, um, exercise. I would just tell men, it doesn't really matter. You, if you're not sure or don't know what your um, history of in terms of prostate, you should have yourself check as early as 35. Because believe it or not, that's actually when I started getting my prostate checked. Because I lost my dad at 49, but it wasn't from prostate. He had heart problems, heart disease. He had an enlarged heart. And so I wasn't quite sure. And I started reading about prostate cancer. And I just said, you know, this is something that, African-American males experience a lot earlier than most other ethnicities. I need to look at this because you never know. And so from the age of 35 until now, I've been having my prostate check on a regular basis. But I would tell men, and it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, I'll tell them, get your prostate check early. Get a check early, 35 years old. I mean, don't mess around. I was very fortunate, just a routine physical exam that my doctor spotted um, the elevation of my PSA. And from there, I was able to go and and have the City of Hope um, be able to take care of me all the way up until the removal. So I I would tell men, you got to get yourself checked. 
whether it's with your physician or just in general. There's so many different areas now you can go in terms of getting a PSA check. You got to do it. You know, it's just important. You know, so I really do. I think it's in fact, I know it's important because not only did they catch it early, but they caught it while I'm still relatively young and healthy. Right. So that's why I decided to do the removal part as opposed to some men who wait till later on and then they don't have that option. So, but I had options. So that's why you want to get a check. You want to get a check early and stay on top of it. So that would be my message. Mm -hmm. And also tell us a little about yourself, you know, what what, what do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where'd you go to school? Just, just a little, little brief bio. Brief bio. Well, I grew up in Southern California. I was very fortunate. I grew up what they call Southwest LA. So I grew up near, um, the Western Imperial side near Southwest College, uh, not too far, believe it or not, from I was two blocks south of Inglewood and two blocks, um, I guess you could say, uh, northwest of Parthon. Uh, my parents, like I said, my dad was from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he was in the Air Force. He came out here and met my mom back in the late 50s. Um, she was from Louisiana. And I was very fortunate to be born here in Southern Cal. I went to all private schools. I went to a private grammar school. I went to a private high school, Loyal High School, downtown L.A. Uh, It's the oldest private all-boys high school in California. It was created in, I believe, 1859. You guys have heard of Loyola Marymount University. That was birthed out of there. And Loyola Law School was birthed out of there, too. So, And then from there... um, I decided to go to a private college. I went to a black college called Xavier University of New Orleans. I thought at one time I wanted to be a pharmacist. Uh-huh. We had a pharmacist in our family that kept saying, you got to go to Xavier. You got to go to Xavier. It's a great school. I, I, I remember Xavier. I know who that yeah. is. Yeah. So I went down there, take a look at that uh, pharmacy program. Dr. Chaton said, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> so... What I did was I became a pre-law major. So I was a pre-law international relations major. And from there, I got a chance to learn a little bit about politics. I got involved in a little bit of politics there. But I decided to come back to Southern California. And believe it or not, my first job, I volunteered for Tom Bradley, who at the time was running for governor, the mayor, but he was running for governor the second time. Okay. Had an opportunity to work on his campaign, got a paid staff position. And then decided that uh, I had an opportunity to believe it or not to work for a council person in Westchester, California. I interviewed for the position, but I, I thought at the time I just didn't have a heart to get into politics because I just didn't like the direction it was heading in and I want to be a part of it. And so I decided to get in sales. And so um, from then on, I've had a career in sales over 30 years. I've worked in different various forms of sales. I worked at one time with Pepsi Cola. I also had the opportunity where I saw you see you frequently, Dr. Chattah, working in the local industry for seven years. Right. Yeah, you used to come to my office. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. It was. <laughs> it was. It was getting a chance to, to meet the doctors and detail them. And then from there, I worked for a company called Office Depot. And then uh, that's where I've been. I've been in sales now for over 30 years, and I'm still working <laughs> But I'm on the tail end of my career. Uh, I hope to one day be able to be like you, Dr. Shaktal, if you retire. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? We might have you do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you never know. You never know. 
But during that, that time period, I, got, I was married uh, my first time. Um, my first wife had a son. Um, he's now 31. And then I met my second wife at St. Stephen's. Uh, we've been together now as of June 2nd this year, 22 years. So. Congratulations. So I have a blended family. I have three grown sons uh, and eight grandkids. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. How that, how that happened, I don't know, man. Eight grandkids. <laughs> so, <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, you know, the funny part, coming to St. Stephen's, I met Tim. And Tim has been able to connect me with a lot of my relatives in Memphis. Because like I said, my grandfather had three sets of well, the first set was my father, my aunt, and uncle. And I never met my uncle, uh, but I knew my aunt. And then he didn't marry my grandmother. He went and started another family and did get married. And so I have a ton of relatives down in the Memphis, Tennessee area. And uh, a lot of them are very, very successful from my understanding. So I have a very large family, so to speak. <laughs> so, so that's kind of my story from a nutshell. Uh, my okay. wife and I... Yeah, I'm blessed. I've been truly blessed. Been teaching Sunday school at St. Stephen's over 25 years. So now I'm in the senior department. So that's it. You had spoken of um, mm-hmm. how you discovered um, the, the situation with the prostate. prostate. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, doing a routine physical. Mm-hmm. Before then, was there any other? I mean, were you? Did you? Were you feverish? Did you? Have body aches or anything like that? Did not have any symptoms whatsoever. Hmm. And when the urologist at City of Hope, like I said, it wasn't until they did the biopsy when they found the traces of the five different areas of um, you know cancer in the prostate. You couldn't see anything. I didn't have any problems with my urine. Um, my um, prostate was normal so on the outside on the surface everything looked fine it was just on the inside is when things were growing and starting to spread a little bit that's when they were able to discover it but no i had no issues whatsoever that's why they were kind of surprised at the age of 58 that because they told me i was relatively young to have that so and without me knowing my family history or background you know i was really kind of astounded that, that they found that so is that is that typical that people don't have symptoms? Uh, yeah. Um, yes and no. There, and Dr. Chata can speak to this better than I could. There, uh, there are some instances where you don't really have to have any symptoms to have the cancer in you. Um, you don't. And now with things being the way they are, I mean, they're starting to, according to what my urologist told me, more patients are starting to come in who don't have any symptoms that they've been able to find the prostate. So I was like, wow, this is a new world that has kind of opened up in that area. So, uh, but uh, I can tell you guys this, a former coworker of mine um, that's about four years older than me, um, was concerned. He has prostate started to elevate, and I sent him over to the city of Hope, and now he's a patient over there. So, uh, and um, so I, that's why when I was first diagnosed and decided went through this, the first thing I did was I said, "Let me open my mouth and just tell people about it." This is something you should keep to yourself, especially for men. You know, we have, we've always had a hard time expressing ourselves when it comes to talking about, and Dr. Tactile again can relate to that, about 
symptoms and problems we may have. But this is something that I always say is a silent killer because outside of heart disease, prostate cancer is the next thing that takes us out. And when I told Reverend Darby about it and um, I even told some of my fraternity brothers about it, I said, this is something you guys got to really stay on top of. I don't care how old you are. Don't sleep on this. Go to your doctor on a regular basis and get your PSA check because you just never know. They were all shocked that I got it because of my diet and how strict I am and the way I take care of myself. But I said, that can happen to me. It can happen to anybody. So it doesn't matter how healthy you are. <laughs> You're susceptible to it. So... You know, and, no. and that's an important point you bring up, uh, James, that a lot of times we think, um, probably from what we see on television or friends or whatever, that mm-hmm. we have control over a lot of this, but mm-hmm. we really don't. And as you mentioned, you know, if it's in your genes or however, and sometimes mm-hmm. we don't know how it occurs. It just that's right. occurs. Um, that's right. and, and, and so you just sort of have to have the regular checkups. You also mentioned something that was extremely important. Men, we, we men don't. Don't live as long as women, and one some some suggest is because we don't do what you intelligently did, which was go to your doctor, have regular checkups, and follow through. A lot of times mm-hmm. we have the checkup, but we don't follow through. That's correct. Um, and I think uh, you're you're a classic example of of what doing it the right way of doing mm-hmm. it the right way, and and mm-hmm. hopefully more people, more men particularly, but men and women will 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 pay attention and and follow up. They should, Dr. Chactel. This is, you just have to, and I credit my wife to this. We make sure that we go to the den, um, we get our checkups on a regular basis. I don't miss. And particularly now that <laughs> I've been through this, uh, not only do I miss that, but I'm very sturgeon when it comes to, you know, the city of hope, because after the procedure, I was the one that requested, and thank God I have the insurance to do it, can I get physical therapy? Because um, I think it's important to be able to get back to my normal routine and my normal lifestyle. Uh, And I'm glad I did because I've been through two physical therapy sessions and I've had some great exercise routines that I've been taught that I'm utilizing. And I do go to the gym, but at the gym, I'm not obviously doing my routine there because I'm building myself back up again. But uh, it's very important. I mean, this is nothing to sleep on. You really got to do your, your, your due diligence and do your checkup. And then also, I mean, I went as far before my urologist, when I first met my urologist, I did a background on him. Uh, I checked with, check with other urologists. Good. And uh, I, just, I even went as far as to check his background in terms of academically. Where did he go to medical school? You know, that was important to me. So I just think it's important to do your due diligence because and I chose the right person because this guy was very aggressive when it came to that. So, so um, yeah, so I'm quite pleased. I'm quite happy, guys. I can tell you today I feel great. Uh, I have a great outlook on life and I'm just willing to share with anybody that's willing to listen, you know, I just think it's important, you know, to do it. I've told my kids because I have three adult male kids. You got to get your prostate check. You know, it's in the genes. So right. I got it. That means you will get it. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't worry about what happened to generations before. I can just tell you what's going 
now. Exactly. So you guys got to do it. So. Uh, so, so there's no real lifestyle change or anything like that that a person can uh, can apply to their life to help reduce the risk, or is there? I stopped eating red meat over 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And like I said, I watched my diet. Uh, eat extremely what I felt was healthy. Uh, exercise and take care of good care of myself. So I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's the key, James. It has nothing to do with it. And a lot right. of times we think, well, you know, if I go to the gym, if I do this, if I do that, that mm-hmm. then things won't happen to me. Yes, they mm-hmm. will. Because mm-hmm. to your point, James, it has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Whether you get cancer or you do not get cancer many times is not related to your lifestyle. Correct. It's not related to your lifestyle. Now, certainly you want to have a good lifestyle and healthy lifestyle because that's mm-hmm. beneficial both uh, mentally as well as physically. But right. it does not uh, uh, isolate one or, or make one immune from getting things like cancer. And that's why the checkups and those types of things are so important. They really are. And that's something. Yeah. I just tell men all the time and young men, too. You got to do it. Absolutely. You got to do it. You know, and I think I brought it up to you, Dr. Choctaw, about possibly maybe something at the church where, you know, we can present it to some of the men there and just let them know this is what you need to do. You know, uh, maybe once or twice a year, just have a regular PSA check there. You know, you never know during health week or what have you, because you just have to just you don't want. This is the kind of thing that I found out, too. This can not only sneak up on you, it could take you out and you won't even know it. Because had I just brushed it off and said, well, you know what? All my other levels are well. Why do I have to worry about this PSA? Then it's no telling what would have happened, you know, because it could have metastasized inside of my body. And then I had another issue. So, right. so I'm more deadly. One, so <laughs> I'm just glad that I listened and paid attention. And did my follow up and did my due diligence. And you got to do your due diligence. So you got to read and ask yeah. questions. Be informed. Yeah. I asked a ton of questions. Good, good. You know, and I have the opportunity to send, you know, emails to my doctor and ask questions. Anything I have or didn't understand, he was, they responded right away. Now, obviously, after the procedure, then his physician assistant took over because he did the major part. And so she's the one I've been in contact with. And I see her now every three months. So I was seeing them on a regular uh, every month for full two years. Now it's just seeing her every third month and they check my PSA. Last time they checked it, it was unrecognizable. So excellent. So that was that was good. So now I'll come back in three more months and we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So so the likelihood of it recurring is uh, is low. Well, he's, you know, they say it, and tell me if I'm wrong, Dr. Chatel, he said it's about 85% to 90%. It all depends. Um, they weren't quite, they couldn't give me a, a finite number, but because they caught it in me as early as they did, and because I'm relatively healthy, they said, you know, I have, I stand a chance possibly not getting it again, you know. But I, I would certainly agree with that. I mean, you, yeah. you never say never, and that's right. why you do right. checkups and that thing. But I would think it would be very small. Right. That's what that's what they related to me. But hey, I'm still going to go. Absolutely. 
and have them get take that blood test because you just never know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, and I want to know anyway. So exactly. And I can tell you, you guys this too. The month before, excuse me, not the month, the week before I actually had the procedure, they did a. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Doctor Chakta. They did a nuclear on me. So in other words, they shot me with a nuclear medicine. And they did a complete scan from the top of my head to the bottom of my foot that could tell me everything that was going on in my body. Mm-hmm. And the two things that they found, in other words, they're able to tell me what my future may look like. So mm-hmm. in the future, I got to continue to walk straight because if I don't, I may develop a curve in my back and I may develop some arthritis in my knees that may happen. But other than that, everything else was relatively OK. And then one more thing, too. They actually did do this as well. They did a, a family check, a historical check when they check my blood just to see if it's something that is hereditary. Mm-hmm. And they didn't found it as being hereditary from my family, at least back then. So, I mean, that was two years ago. I don't know. But it's interesting you bring that up because one of the things that's happening in healthcare, and we've even talked about it on some of our podcasts, is how uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. is becoming more and more and more involved with healthcare where the machines are smarter because yes. algorithms based on data that's, that's correct a larger um, pool that's uh, correct. And so uh, you know as time goes on uh, you know we will get more uh, predictive analytics yes. type of information about our health that's correct uh, going forward going forward yeah well, listen, James, I cannot thank you. We cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your business schedule to come and share this with us. Uh, we will certainly uh, do the things that need to be done so that we can get this out. Um, and, uh, we, and you know, you're a young man. I've, I've known you for years, and I remember right. when you used to come to my medical office, my surgical office, and, yes. and whatever, and, uh, you know, to present your pharmaceuticals. And I'm, I'm happy to see that you're still healthy, wealthy, and wise yes very very much so <laughs> well i'm still working on the wise part <laughs> that's okay we all are but yes i'm very very with, with that happy being today. said you have a great day you too you take care guys all right you too thanks for listening to the healthy wealthy and wise podcast with dr william choctaw md jd we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you found it helpful you can support and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform with the keywords, Dr. William Choctaw. Click on the support the show and you've got it. This will also help ensure that you don't miss any future episodes. And then share this podcast with your family, friends, and or your co-workers. They'll be glad you did. So until the next time, live your best possible life the best possible way.